Welcome to this latest MPFT podcast focusing on the transformation of community mental health care in South Staffordshire. My name is Mark Fletcher and joining me for this chat are... I'm uh, Dr Murray Campbell. I'm a, a GP in Cannock, but I'm also a clinical lead uh, in mental health for Cannock uh, CCG, Clinical Commissioning Group, but supporting both South Staffordshire and East Staffordshire CCGs uh, in the Community Mental Health Transformation Programme. And hi, I'm Angie Upton. I'm the Deputy Head of Mental Health Services in South Staffordshire, the Midlands Partnership Trust. And um, I'm obviously working hard on the transformation of our core services, as well as working in the full delivery group across the South. Thank you both for joining us today. Um, The NHS long-term plan stresses the need for community mental health services to be delivered with the newly created primary care networks building on the wider partnership working that is currently taking place across Staffordshire to meet the health and care needs of local communities. In today's episode, we'll explore what a primary care network or PCN is and talk to our guests about the role they and primary care will play in how these important services will be delivered. Marie, I'll come to you first, please. As, as a GP working in South Staffordshire, what do you perceive to be the most important aspects of transforming community mental health locally? Well, I think the most important aspect would be to improve access and support uh, and care to all those with mental health problems or or issues. Uh, And this would include addressing engagement with their services and uh, meeting unmet need with mental health issues or concerns. And I would include the uh, inequalities of those with physical health issues in those with mental health problems included in that. And Angie, as part, a key part of the programme is the shift in the way services are delivered to recenter them within uh, primary care networks. Uh, as the first, um, can you first outline what a PCN is and then talk about how the shift will take place? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, um, Murray may be best place to talk about what a PCN is as he, as he works within one, but I can pretty much describe a primary care network as being, it was in, they were introduced as part of the NHS long-term plan really, um, to provide structure and funding for services to develop, to be developed locally. So the key is around that local delivery um, and to respond to the needs of the patients that they serve. So, so primary care networks um, have that much more local approach and much more responsive at a local level from what we're reading um, and what primary care networks were set up to do alongside the, as I say, the long-term plan. And uh, Maury, do you want to expand on that a little bit in terms of your perception of the PCN? Yeah, I mean, practically, what uh, they're, they're fairly fledgling organisations, primary care networks, and ostensibly what they are in most areas are a grouping together of GP practices on a, a locality geographical basis. So there may be five to 12 GP practices, sometimes less, sometimes more uh, in a PCN, and that would generally cover about 30 to 50,000 uh, of a population. Again, there are some smaller PCNs because of geography, there's some larger PCNs, but that's the general sort of uh, basis of them. As I said, on a geographical footprint, so basically uh, based around localities. 
And I, I think the main advantage of a PCN is it allows individual practices to work to scale and then perhaps better address the, the needs of the population. And an example of that would be, uh, I think what Angie did refer to, is there are possibilities there for, for PCNs to employ their own uh, uh, staff or clinical staff over and above what an individual general practice would be able to do. And I think this uh, sort of dovetails slightly in with, uh, dovetails considerably in with the transformation programme is that uh, PCNs are able to employ mental health practitioners, which are a key part in supporting this programme. They're able to employ community coordinators, which again uh, can support the programme, and very importantly, social prescriber or social link workers who are going to be very supportive of the community transformation programme. So a small GP practice with perhaps 3,000 patients wouldn't be in a position to employ these additional roles, but a PC would be able to employ and share these roles across all practices within the PCA. And so I'll stay with you, Marie, if I may. Um, and this, this next question links to what you just said. So in terms of how you perceive this transformation programme to be different from what has come before. I think the, the key aspects of it are that I think we've always been pretty good, uh, and speaking as a commissioner here, about commissioning services. But I think the uh, so funding is very important, obviously, uh, and there is funding attached to this programme, but there's been funding available in the past and visions in the past. But I personally think the key uh, a, a, a positive aspect of this whole programme is the anticipated integration and collective response of all the services and that would include general practices working within PCNs, the secondary care providers, community providers, the, the voluntary sector organisations, local authorities and to my experience to date in the transformation programme is that all those uh, uh, systems are already involved and engaged in the whole programme. Uh, and Angie, this, this question is probably more for yourself. Could you talk us through uh, which PCNs will be leading on this in the first year and what this will mean? And then linked to that, it's how important um, you, you feel the shift is to uh, PCNs then being um, uh, the centre of where this uh, transformation will be taking place. Yeah, sure. I mean, I can't agree more with what Murray said. Up to now, we've had some great integrated working already. So we are in a good position in terms of preparing for year one as we move through now. Early on in the preparations for our transformation work, um, we've been getting together way before um, year one commenced in April as a partnership to talk this through and what, what we feel it looks like and how we implement the framework around transformation. And we agreed as a partnership across Staffordshire in Stoke-on-Trent to adopt an expression of interest process at the beginning to prepare for key areas of work to be done in certain PCNs across the north and the south and this was through year one so in, in year one in the south we did have we've got four PCNs that we're going to be working with as our key areas which are um, East Staffs, PCN Mercy and PCN Cannock North and Seasden. So whilst, whilst 
um, the plan is to work in, on some key areas with those four PCNs. It, of course, won't detract from us um, implementing and aligning our services in a more neighbourhood approach, uh, approach across our core delivery. So the plan for the key services is, is, is outlined in the transformation guidelines, as I talked about in the framework. And this is, this is so it gives an opportunity for us to evaluate ways of working in these key areas in year one, build on the effectiveness and, and what we've learned from that and how we built those partnerships to be able to roll that out across the other PCNs through years two and three. Um, but we're just embarking on the two pieces of key work for year one for adult mental health, which will be um, focusing on uh, personality disorder and um, rehab um, and recovery into year one. So those those areas, as I say, will be um, focused around the four, I, I, I suppose we could call them pilot PCNs for year one. But again, I just, just reiterate, it won't detract from us continuing to build our partnerships with all of our PCN colleagues and all of our other partner providers, voluntary care sector, local authority across the whole footprint of the South to make sure that we, we begin to align our services and work in that true integrated way. And um, I'll, Murray, I'll, I'll bring you into this uh, uh, question for me. So how and how important do you feel this shift is going to be in terms of the way that uh, these the, the services are uh, being delivered in terms of the PCN uh, uh, aspects is what I'm referring to there? Uh, well, well, I think, uh, you know, very important. I think as a as a, a GP, I can identify with many of the the, the, the concerns that service users have when trying to access the current services. And I see that from my role as well, and I have the same frustrations. So the, the, there's various sound bites attached to this programme. No wrong door, you know, no thresholds, no cliff edge, a needs-based, not diagnosis-based approach. And I can I, identify with that. And I see that the whole ethos behind the, the, the transformation programme of embedding more mental health support important care in the community uh, as being key with this. And that's the way to address the non-engagement based on these sound bites that I mentioned, that if we can blur the boundaries between primary and secondary care, if we can get away from this idea of, of, of specific referral pathways that are necessary, then I think that will go a long way to encourage uh, in engagement uh, with the services. I think something that struck me when I was doing a bit of background reading is the number of individuals who don't engage with a service after sort of some sort of a referral or prior to initial assessment or after initial assessment. And there's many different reasons for this. But that when I work as a GP, I often come up against people and say, you know, I, I could refer you back into the service. And they say, I don't want to because they've had one bad experience of, of, of whatever aspect of that service or pathway into that service involved. And I just see that the, the whole transformation as a way of improving integration, improving access, allowing for multiple ways of accessing the services to fundamentally in, improve uh, accessibility uh, to the whole service and mental health services. 
And uh, Angie, can I ask you your thoughts on that in terms of the, how important the shift is? Yeah, of course. I mean, I couldn't agree more with Murray. It's been really um, such a, a, a great experience over the last few months to really, really get in and share experiences, not, not just with our service user groups and carer groups, which we have been doing engagement work with, but also with colleagues such as our GP colleagues and voluntary care sector to see things from their perspective and what it's like to really have to navigate service users path into essential services for their mental health and and where the complications are because sometimes when you're working within those services day in day out those things become normal and you don't really see how difficult that can be so it's been it's been wonderfully enlightening and, and refreshing to have those open conversations and to look at things from every aspect and have this opportunity to really start addressing some of those issues for the service users that need us um, because we have to get a local approach we have to get it more meaningful for people that it's easier to get in to get what you need and you get that wraparound we've talked about this before on on, on other conversations about that wraparound of care the working together piece, we've talked about working together in the past, but we really have to get a true sense of that with transformation that we, as Murray touched on, that we don't work in isolation of each other, send a referral in and hope for the best, that we actually are building um, services around somebody at a local level and all of us that are involved in, in improving somebody's mental health or, in, or, or, or integrated together and working with the service user together and not in pockets and isolation of each other. So, you know, we know working together is the key. We know it's the key to effective and efficient outcomes for our service users. And that's really the aim of the transformation. So I'll just to come to my final question, um, and this is obviously to both of you. So, and Bob Murray, I'll come to you first. So what are your aspirations for the programme, therefore, and what will be what the landscape of community mental health care will look like when the work is completed? So, Murray, again, I'll, I'll bring you in first, if I may. Well, I think my you know, main aspirations, obviously, it's got to be the improved physical and mental well-being of the population, but the key is how to achieve that within the programme. And I think... Uh, since I've been involved in 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 med medicine and in, in mental health issues, we've talked about moving away from the medical model, and and uh, the, we've always accepted this, and all the clinicians have accepted this, and I think this is a way to embed that within the the. the, the other services and the general population by emphasising the importance of a, a wrapped round uh, community support and 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 model use and and actually recognising the formally the value of the voluntary sector organisations uh, in 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 supporting people so holistic uh, assessment holistic support so addressing the non medical factors which are often more important and causative than any medical factor so addressing housing issues debt issues employment issues etc etc and accepting uh, support and 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 management of those issues are have got equal if not more importance when it comes to managing the general uh, you know, mental health issues. And then, you know, moving things much more into the, 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 the localities and and communities. Uh, so perhaps having, you know, my ideal aspiration would be that we'd have sort of community mental health hubs, perhaps based around 
general practices, perhaps based around leisure centres or whatever, providing a sort of holistic support to, to, to individuals, either with mental health issues, without mental health issues, or at the risk of developing mental health issues. And even moving on in the future, perhaps to having local alternative crisis centres, etc. But fundamentally, a blurring of these primary and secondary care boundaries and uh, engagement of all the other services. Thanks, Murray. And Angie, uh, just get some final reflections from yourself based on what Murray's just said there. Yeah, I think Murray's put that really clearly. And, and we've, we've all talked about the aspirations for transformation and really been honest about what we feel we need, where we need to get, get to on this journey. Um, I think that the bit about the medical model is, is really interesting because obviously people's medical conditions and physical health is, is, is so important to them, but they very often don't stand alone, particularly for those that have got um, mental health conditions as well. So we, we need to make sure that wraparound occurs at a local level and it's meaningful for the service users. Um, and to have a focus on prevention and well-being as we move forwards, uh, really thinking about the, the health of the populations and how, how they, they do differ around our primary care networks. Um, and we need to respond to that um, and not put a finger in the air and hope that we've got it right, but really have a look at, which is work that we have been doing, at what the population health feels like for each of the PCN areas and how we can start to work with our partner providers such as the voluntary care sector or GP colleagues on, on targeting in and focusing on improving the situation within each of those PCNs when it comes to mental health conditions. So, you know, I think that finally for me about partnership, we really need to think about it in the truest sense of the word and really pull together and not be working in isolation. Um, it sounds an obvious thing, but, but um, for me, the, the true aspiration is that integrated delivery at a local level. So that's it for this Community Mental Health Transformation podcast. Can I thank our guests, Dr. Murray Campbell and Angie Upton, and also thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Goodbye.